Hi, this is Laura with Kick-Ass in Life, where I help you get hired fast, be smart with money, and be a happier and healthier you. We are at the beginning of May, which makes me think of a couple of things. One, it's spring, which I love. Uh, But two, May means May graduation. And for those of you that are graduating in May, congratulations. It's an incredible accomplishment, and you should be very proud. And I bet you're a little bit scared too, and I totally get that because it's kind of a scary unknown world after you graduate because your path has been set forth ahead of you so easily, and and now it's totally up to you what you do and what path you take. And maybe some of your friends already have jobs lined up, and probably some of them don't, and probably you're somewhere in the middle, and anywhere you are, that's fine. It's a great place to start, but my best words of encouragement are don't be afraid to get started. It can feel like a super overwhelming decision to figure out what that first job should be. But my encouragement is to just get started, get that experience, and don't worry about making the wrong decision because at this stage, the only wrong decision is inaction. And so by choosing something and moving in a direction, you are exposing yourself to all of this free learning and soak it up because no matter what job you end up as your first job, it won't be your only job. It may not be your dream job. Likely it's not your dream job, but it's a path and you're getting started on a path. You learn what you like, you learn what you don't like. And so that's my biggest sort of tip for that, but we'll be covering more in future episodes. And this episode specifically, we talk about how to get organized in that job search because that's another big hurdle is to try to figure out where to start. Stephanie Demansky worked as a project management consultant, but her real superpower is solving problems. Beyond being the master problem solver in the room, she's someone who wanted to pursue a career in the nonprofit sector, but couldn't get a company to look at her or take her seriously. So what did she do instead? She created her own opportunity. No, whether you're delivering a no or you're receiving a no, isn't always like no end of story. It could be no, not this way, but it could be no, maybe another way. We talk about how to handle a no, mastering the job search through a systematic approach, and turning your curiosities into a career. Stephanie takes her problem-solving approach and applies it to the complexities of a job search by breaking it down into simple steps. That's where we start this conversation with the question, how do you get a new job? That's a very interesting question. And I think we've all been there. We're, um, and even myself as recently as two and a half months ago, I had the same thought, I need a new job. That's a very broad statement. What type of job, a full-time job, a part-time job, a job to learn a new skill, a job just to tide you over to your next next idea, whatever that is. Um, so getting really specific is only going to be of benefit. So if someone's coming out and saying, I'm looking for a job, I would first, just like I did to you, ask, well, what exactly do you mean by find a new job? If it's, I want to, I want to be gainfully employed in, by the end of uh, the summer, the beginning of the fall of this year, I would then start asking other questions such as, well, what type of job, what industry do you have experience in that industry? If you don't, do you know someone in that industry? 
have you done any research? Have you reached out to companies? Have you asked them if you can shadow anyone? Um, if you could do some part-time or even um, pro bono work just to get the experience to make sure that's really the job that you're looking for. And say that someone's already done all of that sort of initial investigation. I would say, is your resume up to date? Have you researched other people who have similar type job descriptions on a tool such as LinkedIn? Does your resume kind of speak to their profiles and their experiences? Are you making yourself equally as desirable as someone that's already in that role? At the same time that you're doing that, you also have the opportunity to really start diving into what does it mean to be in this position or to have this job? And really, what are the benefits that I should make sure that I go into future conversations with? That being salary requirements, benefits, such as do um, the majority of individuals that I've researched, do they get 401k matches? Do their companies offer that? Do they offer health benefits? Do they offer commuter benefits? Uh, do they support any sort of certification that you may need to maintain. So from an accounting perspective, we have to maintain continuing education. That's not really an expense an individual wants to incur. If a CPA is required of them, you want to make the company, make sure the company you're looking at or the job you're looking at offers that training. So it's getting down to the nitty gritty because you can't just say, I want a job in 60 days working as a writer if I've never written one word, it's already kind of set me up for failure. Right. I think this approach is really helpful in a lot of different ways. And especially, yeah, in the job search, being specific, knowing what you're looking for, knowing what it will take to get 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 there, and also writing it down and, and talking with other people. I loved your idea about, um, you know, shad- asking to shadow people uh, because you want to have all of the information going into making a decision. And in order to do that, you have to gather all the information. So I love your suggestions about how to do that um, because I think too often we can just set goals for ourselves and things that we want to achieve without actually having a plan behind how to do it. And from a personal perspective, I think that kind of leaves us feeling a little deflated and maybe even defeated and talk such as, oh, maybe I'm not good enough for that job. Well, maybe you are, maybe you just weren't prepared. And if I was an employer and I had someone coming in to speak with me and I knew that they had already done their homework on the position on similar type people had done or that are already in curtain roles that are applicable or associated to what I'm offering. And then they also had an intelligent conversation like, but I also realized that there's these salary benefits and stuff and these other intangible type benefits. I think it can feel scary, but from an employer perspective, I would say, wow, I had a need and this person came prepared. That's true. And I think that that's what a person wants to hire is the prepared person, the person who's putting in the effort and the energy to um, put together the plan, ask the right questions, show the interest in order to get hired fast. So another thing that you really are interested in doing is you you you're, you're interested in pursuing your curiosities. You you um, which I'd love to like dive in a little bit more on some of some of those those curiosities that um, that you're really interested in and passionate about. And one of those is that I know you started a nonprofit, and I'd love you to speak a little bit about that, why you did it, and how you really decided that creating your own opportunity was right for you. Absolutely. So 
as I started out, I have a degree in accounting. I started out as a CPA. I went into operations for a private equity firm. The the line between all of this is my willingness to take on the hard challenges that everyone else walked away from and to really step up and say yes to things when other people were saying no. Having this sort of curiosity, even in situations where it definitely was not easy, it definitely at times I felt completely defeated, like that I couldn't do anything. And over the years that I've been working, I kind of stuck to what most people do. There's a job, there's a career path, and I'm just sort of following along. I'm veering off a little bit. I'm expanding a little bit through this curiosity and saying yes, but I'm still very focused on I'm going to work a nine to five or in a corporate world. I'm going to have that security because that's kind of what I'm comfortable with. And years into this, I get to a point where I say, I think I want to do something what I consider to be a little bit more meaningful. I want to take all this experience I've cultivated through the public sector and I want to take it to the nonprofit sector. And I really want to do something that I quote think is amazing. So I set out to, um, to land a job in a nonprofit and I'm so confident. I'm I've got all this skill. I've got all these different industries. I've worked in pretty much every aspect of every organization. And I know how to solve the hard problems. And this is going to be great. Except for it's not because no nonprofit really wants to talk to me. I don't have experience. And they think I might be too expensive of a resource. That I just have a skill set that really isn't going to help them with their mission. So... Where normally I would be like, wow, okay, that kind of hurt. Maybe I should go back to my well-worn path. I thought, okay, well, what if I didn't? What if I did something different? I have a dog. I love to run. I was talking with um, my partner, my other co-founder of um, our nonprofit, which is called Dogs on the Run. And he was saying to me, look, if you're not happy with your career path, why don't you, instead of walking dogs, why don't you create a service that runs with dogs? You can make a little bit of money. You can get the exercise you want. You can give yourself a little bit of a break from the public sector while you figure everything out. So I started noodling with that idea and really getting specific, listing out what it would take to do that. And then it dawned on me that there's a ton of dogs who are significantly neglected and abused who have urgent medical needs and that if they don't get it, they're going to be euthanized versus finding beautiful, loving forever homes. So instead of making this a career path, I said, okay, I can't get a nonprofit to look at me. I'm going to make this a nonprofit. How do I do that? And the one advice I would give everyone is, yes, it's scary to just kind of like evolve your ideas, but one, I knew I wanted to get in nonprofits and I couldn't get there the, tra- the traditional route. So versus considering that a, a wall, I considered it a hurdle that I needed to kind of overcome. And then my advice to everyone would be, don't do it on your own. Definitely communicate what you're trying to achieve and leverage your community because it didn't take me a lot of resources to get this up and running, surprisingly. Because the more I started talking to people, the more people would come up and be like, well, I know how to set up a corporation. Why don't you let me read your documents or help you set up your legal documents? Um, 
other people would be like, I know how to do fundraising. Why don't you try these, some, these ideas? Why don't you try and do it here? Why don't you talk to this person? And because of just really being open about my idea, not exactly knowing where it was going or how I was going to be of benefit to anyone, I just started talking and people started coming to me and saying, I think this is a really great idea. Why don't you let me help you get there? And why don't you let me get involved? And not even a year later, we're uh, gearing up for our fifth event. We raised decent money. We've got bigger aspirations for our second year, but we've been able to donate over $3,000 already to four different dogs. So those are four animal lives we set out to save and we did, and they're in Loving Forever Homes. Well, congratulations. I think that's so great. And in so many ways, you know, firstly, because you started pursuing something that you were really passionate about. Like you, you wrote it down, you love dogs, you loved running. So it's like, what can you, what can you do with that? And like starting to really think creatively about and brainstorming about what might that look like? And also not, not taking no for an answer. So if you're, you're not hearing back from these nonprofits to get, that's the world that you want to be in, not letting that stop you and finding a way to kind of find the side door to your point, jumping over the hurdle so that you can um, still do what you set out for yourself to do. Um, So I think that that's really incredible. And I invite people to, to use that same approach and, and it could be maybe, maybe they already have a job and it's just kind of pursuing a side hustle of something that they're passionate about or pursuing that curiosity a little bit further, something that they're really, they're really passionate about because who knows where it could lead. And you had a lot of success because you, once you put it out in the universe that this is a thing that you were doing, people flock to you and they, they wanted to help you. Um, and so that's another thing of being actually like saying that you have this thing and being um, proud of it and finding the network of people that can help you kind of make it come to reality, I think is really cool. And you really hit on something that I think um, no matter where you are in your career is some valuable advice that I once received, which is understanding what no means. No, whether you're delivering a no or you're receiving a no, isn't always like no end of story. It could be no, not this way, but it could be no, maybe another way. So I could have taken no's as nonprofits as being a sign from the universe or just tangible proof that I'm never going to get into a nonprofit. Or it's the first step I needed to take. I took that no and I said, okay, well, if not this way, what about that way? And I started this nonprofit and what it taught me was um, many things, not just like how to start up a nonprofit, but like the business end of it. So what does it mean to actually incorporate yourself? What does it mean to file taxes for a corporation? What does it mean to track donors and to give out donation receipts? What does it take to coordinate a fundraiser to ask people to give you money or to donate goods and services or time? It was all of this experience that in one way, shape, or form, we could get in our lives through a regular corporate job. But if you're not getting it that way, the answer isn't no, that you can't get it. It's no, you can't get it this way, but maybe you should go and try it that way. And this other avenue could open up 
your eyes to way more experiences than you ever you ever imagined. Yeah, I, I, I love that reframing of what a no is. And I think it's really about having a growth mindset and being able to realize that you have the power, the powers within you to to change how you're thinking about things because you can't control other people, but you can control how you feel about them. So I think reframing and thinking about that no as a potential opportunity. So yeah, and maybe maybe it's not working this way. I'm going to go at it this way. Um, my dad was in sales, and he, uh, which is a business where you get a lot of no's. And so he taught my brother and I how to do this um, this business when we were kids. We we did curb painting. Uh, we lived in, um, I'm from Kansas. We did curb painting and we painted numbers, house numbers on curbs. And my dad said, if you, um, if you go, you will go to door to door. I will, I will buy all the materials. I'll paint the, the stencils of the, of the numbers. You just have to sell them and you get to keep all the profits. Um, so we're like, Oh, this is great. This is great. And so then we go door to door and we keep getting our nose and our nose, um, and, you know, we're getting a little dejected by this point, but my dad said, you know, every no is one step closer to a yes. Mm-hmm. And that reframing was so, so helpful. And that's a you know, common sales idea. But when you're a kid and learning that, you're like, oh, wow, that's true. And so you just have to knock on more doors. You have to go at it a different way. You have to pitch it a little differently. Um, and then you can start, so you can start getting those yeses. But uh, sometimes you can't get to that, that yes without a few no's. And, and, um, but by being able to remain creative and keeping your head in the game, you can come out with a really great outcome. Absolutely. And I think, um, at least for myself personally, it was a really great growth opportunity, not just because now I have a very fun nonprofit that I absolutely love doing all the hard work for. It doesn't feel like I know everyone says when you get there, it doesn't feel like a job, but it really doesn't feel like a job. I, I like doing it that much, but it also helped me learn that when you hear that no, sometimes it's your approach that isn't working for some reason. So it's getting to understand really other people and why you're doing something in the first place. So in the sales um, example that you used, when you go out and you hear that first no, you could take that no as a solid no, or you could use it for the second one and say, well, maybe if I take what I'm trying to sell or the proposition, the offer proposition that I'm presenting, and I can tweak it just ever so slightly so that my next person that I talk to, I can tell them not what I'm selling, but the value I'm creating for them. Like why it's not saying yes or no to a product. It's almost like saying, yes, I can't live without this because you're coming at it, not from a, I'm trying to sell you something, but you really need what I have. And it's kind of telling the story from that perspective, understanding your audience, coming into things prepared, not uh, I want this job, but this is why you need me. Let me show you all the wonderful things I can offer up to you. Great. And so how are you kicking ass in life? What's next for you? My goal right now is to work with individuals and like I mentioned, entrepreneurs who are very mission driven who know that they want to do something bigger and better and are ready to do the work. In addition to helping people in that way, I've also created a community or I'm, it just recently launched. So we're still very new where like-minded individuals will come and create like a knowledge share community. So people can have the support they need 
to exchange ideas because there's no one way or one right way to do this. There's someone out there, maybe even listening to this today, who says, this is great, but here's something I do. And it could totally revolutionize the way that we approach problem solving. It's that type of knowledge share that I want people to get involved with because together we're going to grow stronger. I love that. I think that's a great mission. Um, tell us how we can find you. So you can find me a couple ways. Um, I, cause I do have a couple things going on. You can find me on Instagram. You can find our nonprofit at dogs on the run underscore Hoboken, or you can find um, the business perspective of this at process evolved. You can find me personally at S Demansky and that's all on Instagram. And then you can find me on LinkedIn. My name is Stephanie Demansky. And if anybody wants to reach out to me via email, you can do so at stephanie at processevolved.com. Well, Stephanie, this is great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. This is, I mean, I love talking about this. Thank you to Stephanie for sharing her thoughts. And here are today's top takeaways. Number one, approach the job search in a very systematic way by getting specific and getting organized. Break it down into smaller tasks. Reflect on where you're going and why. That way, you're getting an employer to say yes to you because you're so prepared. Number two, pursue what you're interested in. Ask for help from others and lean into that free learning you can get from other people. Who knows where it could lead? It could be an incredible growth opportunity to explore. Number three, understand what a no means. Yeah, it's super hard to hear a no, but that no could mean no, not right now, or you may need to approach it a different way. So lean into what the no means, but don't take it as a face value as a no. That's it for today. Thank you for giving this a listen. I appreciate it. If you like this episode, please rate it, review it, share it, recommend it. It helps others find it. Don't forget my ebook, Kick-Ass in Your Career, is live now on Amazon. If you're interested in getting all the quick tips for how to kick ass in your career, how to get hired fast, if you're in the middle of the job search, I highly recommend it. You have to do the things that other people don't do to get the job. And so I'm outlining those for you in this book. And I want you to get the job that you want and you deserve. I do this for you. So if I can help you in any way, please let me know. Email me kickassinyourlife at gmail.com. Also on Instagram, kickassin.life. That's it for today. Go kick ass in your career. Until next time.